WFHB's Norm Holy interviews Eileen Kladivko, Purdue professor of agronomy, about the role of cover crops in soil conservation. This is Norm Holy for WFHB. Today I am interviewing a Purdue professor, Professor Eileen Kladivko. She is in the agronomy department, an expert on several aspects of, of interest to Indiana farmers. And the one thing I'd like to have her start with would be we've covered cover crops a little bit just in stories before. And so I understand that there's the growing use of cover crops in Indiana. Can you tell us about that and then move on to what are the advantages of doing the cover crop? Certainly, I'd be happy to. Cover crops have definitely increased in their uh, usage in Indiana. Indiana is actually one of the leaders in the country in adoption of cover crops on farms. As you all know, Indiana grows a lot of corn and soybeans and have an opportunity after the corn and soybeans have been harvested to get cover crops established and make better use of some of the time that we have available during the year rather than just four or five months when we're growing summer annual crops. We have about 10% of our corn and soybean acres in Indiana right now that are using cover crops, which actually makes it the third most prevalent type of crop in Indiana after corn and soybeans. Uh, We have more cover crop ground than we have cash crop wheat ground. That's a good thing. Cover crops have many potential benefits for the soil and for the environment and water qualities. Why would somebody want to use cover crops? Well, they can improve soil health. There's a lot more interest in the recent times in the biology of the soils, things like earthworms, but also much smaller organisms like protozoa and fungi and bacteria. And by having something growing for a longer period of time during the year, you're feeding the soil organisms. If you have cover crops growing, you're protecting the surface from erosion. The roots exude carbon compounds, which feed the organisms. Those organisms then help stabilize the soil. They build clusters of soil and help increase organic matter. Those particles uh, get glued together in a way that stabilizes them against destructive forces from erosion. Um, That helps improve water infiltration into the soil, which then means you get less runoff off the surface of the soil, and so that's also going to help protect against erosion. We also look at cover crops to scavenge excess nutrients, and by excess nutrients, I don't mean that somebody has put on too much fertilizer. I mean that the particular plant growing there has not utilized everything that might be available. It might be fertilizer that's left from this year that the cash crop didn't take up. It might be nutrients that are being released naturally over time from soil organic matter. That happens all the time. So having something living and growing to take up those nutrients and scavenge those nutrients keeps some of them out of our water bodies. And in particular, in a lot of Indiana, at least on our flatter, naturally poorly drained soils, we have a lot of uh, drainage tile. That's basically draining away the high water table that we have in the spring. And if we have nutrients in that water, then it goes out the drain tiles into surface ditches and streams. By having a cover crop, we reduce the amount of those nutrients that's in that water and that drains away. Basically, those nutrients stay in the soil bank account then, available at some later time for the the farmers to, to utilize. may not be that particular year, but it'll be helping to build up soil organic matter. I'm curious about 
comparing a field that has not had cover crops versus one that has had cover crops for, let's say, several years. What's the difference in organic matter in the soil? So soil organic matter is very slow to increase, and so that's one of our challenges is that you won't generally see a measurable increase in soil organic matter with a couple of years. Soil organic matter changes over the course more like a decade, and it's quite variable in a field. That's why people are trying to look at other indicators that can give us a sense that that organic matter is actually increasing, even though the measurement that we make itself is not increasing. That's very frustrating for people, but that's just the way it is. Soil organic matter can increase about 1%, meaning going from 3% organic matter to 4% organic matter, for example, over the course of a decade. That would be a very good increase in soil organic matter. But because of the variability of the measurements, you can't actually measure or detect that within two or three years, usually. How does a cover crop work in terms of years when we have a drought in Indiana? Does that protect the soil, retain water better, or is there no difference? Yes, as as always, that depends. But if um, if you have a good cover crop and you have a lot of top growth in the spring... For example, if you have a cereal rye cover crop and there's a lot of above-ground biomass, that ends up becoming a mulch. So just like in a garden, if, if you, uh, first of all, when the rains do come, you get more of that rain that goes into the soil as opposed to runs off. And then secondly, it's reducing the amount of evaporation that occurs with the mulch. So it can be helpful in a drought to retain a little bit more water. The catch is just when does the drought occur and how much cover crop growth did you have and did the cover crop actually use more of the water through the plant itself before you killed the cover crop and made the soil drier before planting occurred, right? So an early drought, you have to be careful that the cover crop doesn't use too much water before you get your cash crop planted. A later drought, the cover crop can be very helpful because it's a mulch on the on the surface and you get more of the water into the soil in the first place. We try to educate folks about the fact that the benefits of cover crops in general don't occur the first year or two unless you have really sloping soil or unless you have uh, fairly degraded soil. If you have decent soil to begin with, you may not see a lot of benefits the first couple of years, but with time you'll see those. What do people plant as cover crops? We have cereals or grasses, we have legumes which fix nitrogen, and then we have brassicas like daikon, radish, and a turnip and things like that. The most common would be in the, the group of grasses. So for example, cereal rye or annual rye grass or winter wheat, but not planting it to harvest the, the wheat, just using it as a cover. Those are the most common in part because they can be planted later than anything else in the fall and still give you sufficient growth. They grow earlier in the spring for the ones that, that overwinter. The legumes get going slower. You have to get them planted earlier in the fall, and they don't really grow a whole lot in the spring until uh, May, until it warms up. And most of the time our farmers are wanting to plant their corn already by late April or early May, so they don't get as much benefit out of the the legumes um, given our typical system. 
And then the brassicas, I'm talking about like a daikon radish, which has a, a looks like a big carrot and has a long taproot, or a, a turnip. Those those are interesting because they have a long taproot, so they can help make pores or channels that are deep in the soil that allow for uh, even more rapid water movement into the soil. But I would say they're, they're not as common. The, the seed is more expensive. Again, you have to get them planted earlier in the fall than, than you would for something like a, a cereal rye. Fantastic. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for the interview. Best wishes for the year. Okay, thank you very much.